This would be the point where I trick them into talking and then I say, hello and welcome to Love Drunk. Hey gang, it's me. I'm your host, Charlotte Rose. Uh, I'm really happy to be back. I, I have no excuses except global pandemic. But also, I wasn't doing episodes of the podcast before the global pandemic, so I kind of have no excuse. So my excuse is toxic relationship leads to breakup, leads to global pandemic. Those aren't related. (laughs) Toxic relationship leads to breakup and then global pandemic. The toxic relationship has nothing to do with the global pandemic. Um, Do y'all hear we are in a global pandemic? What the fuck is that about? Sometimes I still have to think about the fact that not a lot of um, 20-somethings go through that. Like I'll be sitting there and I feel like I kind of – I'm – with the life that I have had and the trauma I have experienced, I very much normalize my trauma. One of my therapists told me this. <laughs> when I was in Austin, I had a therapist tell me that I normalize my trauma and say, oh, everybody goes through this. And even if they don't, it's just, you know, I got to deal with it. So um, I I normalize this and think like, wow, your late 20s are kind of tough, aren't they? <laughs> And then I have to actively tell myself, like, no, you're you're going through a global, you're experiencing a global pandemic, and um, it's a pretty big deal. Anyway, hi, how are you? So much has changed. So much has changed since the last episode with my dear sweet Ian Baker, my dear sweet boy. For starters, again, the whole global pandemic thing. Also, <laughs> did end a toxic relationship, and then the global pandemic like immediately hit. So that was like sort of a weird thing that I had to go through where not only was I going through a breakup but then I thought we were all going to die and I had already thought that I was going to die because I was so sad all the time and it was really hard for me to get out of bed and like function as a human and then I found out that there was a virus that was killing everyone and I was like cool so this is literally just the end times so so I had a not to negate anyone else's experience but I had kind of a crazy experience (laughs) anyway Here on Love Drunk, we do let the guests pick the poison and anything is on the table except for gin. That's right. We do not drink gin here on Love Drunk. If you want to drink gin on a podcast, start your own podcast. You're probably wondering, Charlotte, sweetie, you're talking about guests, but there's no, there's no guest. I'm alone in my room. No, there is no guest. There is no guest because there is... So much that has happened since the last episode of Love Drunk that I honestly felt like it would be it would be a disservice to the guest if I brought them on without walking you through what has happened, kind of telling you some backstory about some things. Um, I I have so much to fucking tell you guys. So now I am here. I'm drinking Tito's and watermelon LaCroix. So here we are. I am going to have guests on, so if you want to skip this episode, I totally understand. If you're like, bitch, it's the guests. It's the guests that make the podcast. Then skip this episode. Whatever. You don't. It's all good. Anyway, it's not all good. You should listen to this episode because I have a wild story for you. (laughs) When we last met, 
when we last spoke, when I last recorded this podcast, I was with my good friend, my little sweetie bean, Ian Baker. It was a re-recording because the last time we had recorded, we were both sad, sad children who had been experiencing a lot of shit and we were in much better places. So we're like, let's record. So we recorded the podcast. I think I even ended that podcast. I listened to it recently. I even ended that podcast. Ian asked me, he was like, I'm going to turn the, turn the tables on you. What do you think love feels like? At that point, I, I wasn't positive that I had been in love and I, I gave my best possible guess. The reason I started this podcast is because I love talking about love and I love talking about people's experience and I love just like gossiping and shit talking, honestly. (laughs) But it was also really cool as someone who had never been in love, hearing other people's experiences with love and what it felt like. And the fact that I never got the same answer in all the episodes I did, no one described it the same way. And it was so fucking cool, dude. Like, it was so, so cool to hear all of that and be like, that's awesome. I love And there was never a response where I was like, that's stupid. It always resonated with me. And it's so amazing. And that's why I started this podcast. And um, I'm going to spoil the whole ass thing for you guys. But I am currently in love. And it's really great. And it's really cool. (laughs) Um, So I thought that this was the best time to start this podcast. And I still want to hear how everyone else describes love. And I'm still so looking forward to talking to people. So, you know, to all those haters who thought I would never be in love. It was me. I was the one hater. There was one hater who said that I would never be in love. And it was me. And that's very sad. I was literally the only person on this planet who thought that I would never find love. So I'm here today to tell you a very specific story, and it is a story about my ex. (laughs) I am currently in a relationship with an amazing man. We'll get get to that. We'll get to that later. And this is a story I like to call The Re-Return. If you have watched How I Met Your Mother, you may be familiar with the term re-return. Basically, to to summarize it very quickly, the main character, Ted, goes on a date with Robin, this girl that he like has an instant connection with. And they go on a date. He doesn't kiss her at the end of the date because he feels like she hasn't given him the signal. And so he leaves. He talks to all his friends. They were like, oh my god, you totally missed the signal. She was giving you the signal. You got to go back and kiss her. So he goes back. He brings her this blue French horn that they had been pining after at this restaurant, and she lets him in. They dance. They kiss. uh, And then he tells her that he's in love with her. Obviously, she freaks out because that's fucking crazy. It's their first date. And that kind of ruins things for a little while. Obviously, they end up getting together like a season later, but... Later in the series, you find out that he had actually gone back to her place after that when he was super wasted really late at night. And uh, his friend Barney calls it the re-return, where he went back a second time. And he ended up just throwing up on her doormat and leaving and nothing ever actually came of it. I wish that I had just thrown up and left and nothing ever came of it. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Before I get into this story... I need you to know, this is a very embarrassing story. (laughs) This is a very embarrassing story. I did tell, like, my closest friends, but I 
when this happened, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed and I was so full of regret and I felt so fucking terrible about the whole thing. I felt so shitty about the whole thing. Being out of it, being months and months past it, I feel like I don't regret it. I don't regret what happened because in a roundabout way, it got me to where I am now. And so just going into it, <laughs> I want everyone to know that I know that this this story doesn't make me look great. doesn't make my ex look great either. But you know what? Eventually, I think that it was the thing that helped me let go of my previous relationship. I wish I had been able to do that on my own. I was not. Uh, I was kind of forced into it. It's <laughs> forced into letting go. Uh, but I did. And now that has led me to this new relationship and this person and being in love. Take it as you will, you know. Also, I do want to start this by saying I'm going to tell you how I felt in these moments because that's always what this podcast has been about. It has always been about me being open and honest, way too fucking open and honest with you guys because that's who I am as a person. I wear my damn heart on my sleeve. I tell everyone everything all the time. That's just how it goes. So I am not trying, listen, I could shit talk my ex all day, every day. I could say, I could talk about the shitty things you put me through and the bullshit that I had to deal with and talk about all the times you hurt me. I could do that. I could turn that, I could do that till I'm blue in the face. At the end of the day, I want him to be okay. I want him to be happy. I want him to live his best life. I want him to just live it very far away from me, but I want him to, I want the best for him. So going into this, I'm not trying to talk shit, bleh, whatever, but yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. And at the end of the day, I've moved on. This is just a funny story for the people who listen to my podcast. It's not funny. It's awful. <laughs> anyway. For those of you who don't know the story of my ex. Such a long fucking story. Oh my God. So I'm going to try to tell this story as efficiently as possible. I'm going to try to, this was a very long, very torrid year of my life. And I'm going to try to condense it into a very small chunk of time. Ex, codename, ex bar friend. He and I worked together at the same restaurant. We... Hooked up one night, mid-January 2019. I got all weird about it. I was like, this can never happen again because I was a host at the time and I didn't want anyone to know that I, as a host, fucked the bartender because that's like the most stereotypical host thing that you could ever do. If you don't work in the restaurant industry, you're not going to get it. But if you have worked in the restaurant industry, am I right or am I right? Anyway, so... <laughs> So then I get all weird. I don't talk to him for like a while. I'm really weird and back and forth. And finally, I'm like, maybe I like this guy. We go on a date. We end up seeing each other for like two weeks. Uh, Valentine's Day rolls around. I get him a very low-key gift. Uh, he tells me he doesn't see this turning into a relationship. We go our separate ways. I am heartbroken for months, like months. And then also, we work together. So we have to keep seeing each other. So that fucking sucked. And every time I tried to be friends with him or we tried to be friends with each other, it always went too far. We always ended up sleeping together. Uh, and then at the end of that, I would be like, so together now, finally, yes, because you miss me and you like me. And he goes, no, 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 I cannot be in a relationship with you, no. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna go fucking throw myself off the roof. 
So it was very, very tough for me. Finally, August of 2019 rolls around. I text him because I just need to, I, we need to have like, we've tried to have closure like 10 million times. We've tried to have these talks so many times. And uh, it was finally to a point where I was like, I cannot like work with you. I dread going to work every day. And I try not to check your schedule to see if we're working together. But like I dread going to work every day and we need to fucking figure this out. So I say, can we meet up for coffee? Can we like figure fucking, can we like talk it out, figure something out? Uh, So we go to coffee. He says that he really misses me and he wants another chance. So I start dating. So that's, it's important to explain this to you because we had already dated at the beginning of 2019. I am now in effect taking him back. So we get back together. It's great for a little while. He has a lot of personal issues. And as the personal issues get worse, his treatment of me gets worse. And it was something that I had wanted for so long. And it was something that was so good in the beginning that I kept just pushing through, just pushing through and being like, no, we can get back to where it was good again. We can get back, we can get back to where it was good again. I know we can. But it was to the point where like my friends were pointing out that I wasn't myself. I wasn't my cheerful self. I was losing weight. I was constantly stressed because I thought that literally any day he could just fucking dip on me. I was blamed for a lot of things that were not my fault. There was anger taken out on me for things that were not my fault. Again, people have personal issues. I'm really not trying to hate on my ex. It just presenting the facts as I know them. But it started to get really, really bad. And we ended up breaking up in February of 2020. It was actually Oscar Sunday. We were in an Oscars party. He got drunk. We got into a huge fight. I spent half the night in the bathroom crying, praying for him to come in and check on me and ask me what was wrong. Uh, We got into a huge screaming fight in his car. We went back to my place. I gave him my Valentine's Day present to him. And we broke up. And I thought that I was going to die. I thought... I was going to die. It hurt so badly. And we were still coworkers. (laughs) So I still had to see him at work. And uh, I cried for two weeks straight. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. So we broke up a few days before Valentine's Day, which if you remember from the first part of my story, Valentine's Day was the day he broke up with me the first time, like a year prior. And then uh, that was like, two or three weeks before my birthday. So this is two birthdays in a row that I have been like freshly broken up from this person and two birthdays in a row that I've been like, I'll never find love. Great. Yeah. So we broke up and then the pandemic hit and that caused a lot of complications. So that was the story of me and ex-barfriend, a very, very brief summary I don't know how brief it was, but I'm love drunk, ladies and gentlemen. The pandemic hits, and I think we're all going to die. I think this is like zombie-level apocalypse, and I have just gotten out of this relationship with someone who made me feel like absolute shit all the time, and I'm thinking that I'm never going to get a chance to meet someone else, fall in love, get married, become a mom, do all the stuff in my career that I want to do. Like I'm thinking that my life is fucking over and I've just wasted all this time. So 
I'm on a group call with my family and I'm in Los Angeles and they're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and my family wants me to come home to kind of wait wait things out and see what happens. And I'm sobbing on the phone, just like, is this the end of the world? And my brother is like, well, even if it is, like, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I'm like, Stephen, that's not fucking helpful right now. <laughs> like, I love Jesus as, as much as the next person, but like, I had shit I wanted to do. I don't know if that makes me a bad Christian, but <laughs> but I don't care. We'll get into my relationship with Jesus later. Not this episode. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Anyway. So I'm about to go back to Texas. I'm about to fly back to Texas out of LA. And this is this is the part, this like this 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 is really the start of the story. Um, this is the start of the story of the re-return. And it's I can't believe I did this. I'm so embarrassed. Anyway, so I had written letters to ex-bar friend. I wrote one before we got together, and then I wrote one when things got really, really bad in our relationship, and it was kind of an ultimatum where it was like, get your shit together, I'm fucking gone. And I, I, like, I didn't deliver either of them because you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to write the letter, and then you're supposed to throw it away. You're not supposed to deliver the letter, except I did write a letter about how it was a pandemic and I thought that maybe we were all going to die and basically I wrote out everything that I had wanted to say and everything that I wanted him to know that I hadn't said when we broke up or like after we broke up or whatever and I wrote this whole thing and then I got really really drunk and I said you know what fuck it and I emailed him I emailed him I emailed him the letter. I attached it to an email and I sent it to his email. And then the next day I woke up, remembered what I did and was like, well, I hope the plane fucking crashes because holy shit. So I was constantly like checking my email to be like, is he gonna email? Because that was another thing is like, I sent it to him and then I reread it and was like, oh, that wasn't for you. Like, that wasn't for you. That was for me. And it was selfish for me to send that to you. But the thing is, he did a whole bunch of selfish shit in our relationship. So I was like, okay, you know what? We'll, 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 we both did selfish things. Let's just say that. Let's just leave it at that. And he didn't end up responding to the email. And after it had been a few days, I was like, okay, so he's read it and he doesn't want to respond. Fair. Very selfish thing for me to send. Especially after we had been broken up for like, a solid month and a half at that point. Just like selfish, I get it, and move on with our life. So I went home. I was with my family. I cried all the time. It was great. <laughs> I cried the whole time. I wrote a bunch of poems about it. And there was one there's one experience with my mom that I'll literally never forget. I was sitting on the bed and I was like talking about it and I was crying. <laughs> and I was like, I just feel like my love is never going to be enough for anyone. And my mom, without missing a beat, just goes, you know, that's not true. That's not, that's not true. And then just like dropped the subject and changed the subject. And I was like, oh, okay. And it, it, spoiler alert, it was not true. It was not true. <laughs> but I went through this quarantine with my family. I finally make my way back to LA in May. And the restaurant opens back up. I go back to doing takeout at the restaurant and then there's 
this is the summer of 2020 and there's one day where I'm leaving the restaurant and due to health code and and every all the covid measures we're not allowed to have our phones on the floor because phones have a bunch of germs because you're touching them all the time so we have to leave them in the office I am literally out of contact when I'm on the floor so I go to work and I don't have access to my phone for the entirety of the shift so I'm in my car I'm doing I this is not safe but I was at a red light so I was like trying also I fucking hate the little red I hate the notification I hate it so I always check my notifications so I'm really just trying to clear out the notifications and I click on my email (laughs) And I have an email response from ex-bar friend. When I tell you that I screamed, I screamed, I screamed in my car, screamed, terrified. I went home. My friend Sam was in my apartment. My roommate Nora was in my apartment. And I was like, ex-bar friend, just, I use his name because I'm not a psychopath, but ex-bar friend emailed me in response to the letter that I sent him in March in March it is now like the dead of summer and I sent this mid-March I had completely I had written it off entirely completely I was like finally kind of starting to heal folklore had just come out so I had been thinking about it a little bit but I got home and immediately got absolutely wasted got absolutely wasted did not read the email for like 12 hours And then finally, I didn't, because everyone was telling me not to read it. They were like, don't fucking read it. Don't fucking read it. Just delete it. And I was like, I'm me. I can't not read the fucking email. So I read the email. Everyone's asleep. It's like, like, it's truly like four o'clock in the fucking morning. And I, I read the email. And to be honest, it's everything I had wanted to hear during the entirety of our relationship. It was, you're right. I was wrong. I treated you badly. These are all the ways I could have been better. You're so special. You're so amazing. But <laughs> I'm not trying to imply that like he didn't mean it, but it was just, you know, it was it was literally just everything. And he said, I'm going to be in LA <laughs> in like a week. It wasn't even a week. It was like a few days. He was like, I'm going to be in LA to get like the rest of my stuff. He was out of the state at the time, which I did know through a mutual friend. I did find out because she was like, I don't want you to be scared. You're going to like run into him at Ralph's or whatever. But he was like, I'm, I've been back in Texas, but I'm going to be back in LA to get some stuff from my storage unit. And then I'm going to drive back to Texas. I totally understand if you don't want to meet up, but if you do, let's meet up. And any other person would not have met up with their ex. Or maybe they would have. I don't know. Whatever. Again, <laughs> this is not something I necessarily regret because it did lead me to where I am. But I agreed to meet up with my ex. I met him at a park a few days later when he was in town. And obviously, if I'm telling the story, it must be kind of a crazy story. So I'm sure you can guess that one thing leads to another. I gotta drink more before I tell you this. One thing leads to another. We end up kissing. We end up making out. He ends up coming back to my place. Just, it's emotional and it's heartfelt. And it's like, we've been through this quarantine. We've been without it. It's just, it's, it's disgusting. So he comes back to my apartment. Events transpire. I would like to point out that before these events, granted, okay, sure. In his defense, 
I was crying. I was like, I want you to come back to LA. He was like, I don't know if I'm coming back to LA. I was like, I don't want you to not come back. Like, blah, blah, blah. like we were talking about everything. We were talking. But before all of this, he's telling me, he's like, I fucked up and I miss you. And I told all my friends how much I fucked up. And he was basically implying that he wished we could start over and wished we could do everything different and, you know, feeding me all this stuff. And so then I take that and I'm crying and I'm like, I want another chance and I want to do it. And I, because also when we broke up, all my close friends were like, fuck that guy and get him out of your life forever. Everyone who was like kind of on the outskirts or like our mutual friends were like, maybe I'll change and one day, maybe give it a year or two. So what I didn't realize was that I was, I was holding on to this hope that he would fix his issues and then we could be together again. I was holding on to that. I didn't even realize it. I took the idea of me taking time for myself, taking time for my career, for my future, for everything I had going on. And I took that saying, oh, I'm focusing on me and I'm doing me. And I'm, you know, I'm not ready to date right now. And I'm not going to get back. We're in a pandemic. I'm not going to get on the dating apps and blah, blah, blah. I took all of that. And I used it to cover for the fact that I was hoping that he would get his shit together and we would be together. And that's just it. That's just it. That's what happened. So when he said he wanted to start over and he regrets how he treated me and blah, 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 I fell for it. I fell for it. (laughs) I fell for it. And, uh... We go back to my place, events transpire. I would also like to point out before these events, I go, this isn't just a last hurrah, is it? And he said, no, that's not what this is. Spoiler alert, it was a last hurrah. That was what it was. He tried to paint it in nicer words, but that's exactly what it was. So we spend the night together. In the middle of the night, there's a fucking earthquake as if God himself is telling me what you're doing is wrong and don't do it and run away. (laughs) Just get away from it. So then the next day we go to the beach and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to go along with it. I tell him to put on sunscreen. He doesn't fucking put on sunscreen, even though I told him to do it like four times. So by the time we get back from the beach, uh, he is a lobster. He's also missing a tooth and he also has a long, dumb pop punk haircut. This is me being hateful, but like, listen, this, you just, (laughs) listen, So we get back from the beach. I'm anxious as hell because I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What's going on? Like, what, like, what's the plan here? Uh, And then I ask him, I'm like, what's, what's going, like, what is it with us? And he's like, well, I have to stay in Texas until at least November. I know that. He told me that. He did tell me that. Also, he did my least, oh my God, this, who, this used to make me furious when we were dating. Anytime I had any sort of emotion, he was like, you're mad. Don't be mad. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? I'm like, well, now I'm fucking mad because I was just, I had an emotion and you automatically like said that I was mad. So we get back. I'm anxious. I'm sad. I'm scared. He's like, don't be mad. Don't be mad. You remember when I said I wasn't trying to hate on my ex? Anyway, so he's like, I have to go back and I just don't, I just don't know. Like, I can't really tell you. I can't really tell you anything. <laughs> And I realize what has happened. And I realize that I have been bamboozled by him, yes, but also by myself. Like, I should have known better, I guess. Also, whatever, I'm not even going to try to justify it, whatever, whatever. 
So I'm standing like on the opposite end of the room from him having like a panic attack, like like head between my knees, breathing heavily because I can't believe that I've gotten myself into this situation again. And he's like, I have to go back. I can't tell. And I was like, well, what if we, you know, what if we try? And he's like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to come back to L.A. And I said, well, what if we do like we won't even call we won't even like date, but we'll just talk until November and then you'll figure out what you want to do and we'll go from there. And he's like, well, I can't lead you on until then. I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to do. And I'm standing there like I fucking asked. I asked if this was a last hurrah. I asked if this was a fucking last hurrah. And you said no. And he said, well, I just wanted to live in this bubble with you for a little bit longer. And I said, I cannot keep standing here begging you to love me. Remember when I mentioned his pop punk haircut and the fact that he was red as a lobster and that he was also missing a tooth? That's why I tell you that. I, I, I'm not saying I'm the hottest person alive. I'm just saying like, I'm pretty great. And here I was sobbing, crying, sobbing, crying to a man red as a lobster Long, dumb, like couldn't get a haircut, pop punk haircut, missing, he was missing a tooth. He was missing a tooth. And I stood there begging him to love me, begging him. What the fuck was, that's why this is an embarrassing story. And then we, and then we walked away and then we walked away. And it's like, and he said, he was like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to force this. If it's not there, it's not there. He was also like, I shouldn't have kissed you. And I was like, yeah, you fucking, he was like, I should have left the park. Yeah, no shit. You should have left the park. But he leaves. He leaves. In quick succession, I call Natalie, uh, ex-roommate slash best friend, Natalie. And uh, I always do dumb shit when she's out of town and it always fucking blows up in my face. And then I have to call her while she's out of town doing something else and talk to her through tears about the dumb shit that I did. Um, And then I call my mom. And they were so sweet and kind and much kinder to me than I deserved. Uh, I deserve kindness, whatever. But you know, it's They were both like, we really wish you hadn't done that, but we hope that now you can move forward knowing that it's always, my mom said this, she goes, it's always a bad day with ex-bar friend and he's always going to be that asshole who leaves. And that stuck with me. And it was fucking tough. It was fucking tough. I told my, my close friends, I was like, I did this fucking dumbass thing. I did this stupid fucking thing and I can't believe I did it. But here's the, here's the positive. The positive is that I met up with this man. I met up with this man when he was arguably doing better than he had in a long time. And that was always something that I wondered. I wondered if we would have an opportunity to try again because I felt like I had seen him at his best and I wanted that all the time. And the fact that we got an opportunity to sit down and talk and try to do this whole thing again when he was in significantly a better place than he had been when we broke up. And it still didn't fucking work. The reason I don't regret what happened is because that was the push I needed to really leave it behind. And I feel like like I really fucking wish it hadn't happened. But I, I wonder if, if it hadn't happened, would I have let go? Would I have 
continued to hold on to this thought of maybe in the future, maybe someday, would I have downloaded the apps? Would I have gone through what I've been through to get where I am now if that hadn't happened? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I never have to find out, you know, it was really shitty. I felt, I felt like my heart was breaking all over again. And my friends and my mom all told me that I was going to bounce back faster. And I did. Again, two ex-bar friends. I hope you're doing well. I wish the best for you. That's all. Moving on. That was, and, and that was the, that was the re-return. And then I was finally ready to download Hinge. <laughs> and I downloaded it because my friends were like, we can't meet up with anybody right now because we're in a pandemic. So just use it to flirt. Just flirt. Just download, download a dating app and flirt. And I did. And I downloaded it. And like the second day I was on the app, I matched with my now boyfriend. <laughs> who I honestly, I think back to the fact that we met on a dating app and it's absolutely wild to me. We actually have a lot of crossover in our lives, weirdly enough, in the sense that like, I feel like we may have almost met about a dozen times um, and we didn't until we were both ready to meet, which is really fucking cool. I mean, it's, it's very easy to find my boyfriend's name if you look up any of my social media, so I guess I'll just call him his name. I'll call him by his name, Casey. And we we responsibly dated during the pandemic. We messaged on Hinge for a little bit, but due to the pandemic, Hinge was always trying to promote a video call feature, and I was always afraid I was accidentally going to press it. And so I gave him my number, and we texted. And then, I don't know, I kind of felt weird about, I didn't want to form an attachment to someone that I had only ever texted. And so I sent him a video one day of me answering some of his questions and then he sent me a video back in response and then we had a our very first date was a zoom date <laughs> we had a three-hour date on zoom where we both drank wine in our respective apartments and talked for like three hours and then we had a socially distant park date where we both sat on blankets six feet apart and i brought my dog we got to meet my dog and then after that we both scheduled to get tested for covid and then when our test results came back, my test, we were actually, once we both got negative test results, we were going to have a, like, we were going to go watch a movie at his place, but my test results didn't come back in time. And so we were like, oh, we'll have another Zoom date. And then I got my test results really last minute. And he was like, can I come, like, I'll come pick you up and we'll go to a lookout and we'll like look at the stars and chat and all that. And, uh, <laughs> And he came and picked me up and brought me flowers and I still have, I saved one of the flowers from that bouquet and it's in a little case in my room and it's good and it's great and it's going, and it's good, it's going really great and, uh, and I love him. So <laughs> that's so weird to say on this podcast. I don't know. It's, it. I guess if I want to leave this podcast telling you anything, it's that those times when you're so, so fucking sad and you think you're going to die and you think that you're not worthy of love, it's like there, there's going to be someone who makes it all easy. <laughs> I spent so much of my time thinking that love was hard and love was dramatic and love hurt. Um, and it's not supposed to. I mean, relationships are work. They're definitely work and they're something that you need to work on. But the other person's supposed to make it easy. 
and it's not supposed to be perfect. And yeah, there are going to be times where you feel kind of crappy and, and you may fight and you may have to get through some hard stuff, but your partner should always be working with you and they should always be supporting you and you should always be supporting them too. And it's so easy. <laughs> I didn't know it was supposed to be easy. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm very excited to start this podcast up again. Casey has even agreed to be a guest on the podcast, so you're going to hear from him at some point. I know I usually have a lot of questions for people, uh, especially love songs and breakup songs. It's really funny because when we were saying I love you, uh, he said that one of his inspirations for saying it was hearing a song on the radio. And he was like, oh my God, I have to say it. And I was like, what song was it? And he's like, I wish I remembered. So he was like, well, I guess that it's it's out on being our song. So we're still trying to find our song. If y'all have any romantic songs, let me know. Leave a, leave a review, leave a comment. Let me know what your favorite love songs are right now. Yeah, honestly, every time I think of Casey, I think of You Might Think by The Cars, like that 80s song, like the because he's such a goofball and we are goofballs together and uh, and I like it that way. But yeah, oh my gosh, thanks for thanks for coming on this journey with me. This is actually a relatively short episode in comparison to the episodes where I have guests, so I hope you've stuck around with me. I hope you've listened to it. Um, I hope you're getting excited for the new season. There's going to be plenty more hot goss. Follow me on Instagram at oharlotterose, on Twitter at oharrose. Uh, you can follow the Love Drunk Instagram at lovedrunkpod, uh, the Twitter at lovedrunkpod. We're going to have a fun season, guys. I'm really excited to get this started again. This is something that is was definitely a passion project for me. I hate that term. But no, it, it, it was. And it was something that I really loved doing. And because I was so involved with it emotionally, that was why it was really hard for me to record when I was in a specific emotional state. But I'm really going to be trying to record, once again, trying to record in the safest, best, non-super spreader way possible. But anyway... Shit, I guess all I have left to say is be loved and stay drunk, my friends. <laughs> we love you. Good night. <laughs>